You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. And we're back. It's myself, Colin Kelly here, bringing you the show again. Last week we had no preview show, as many of you, I'm sure, are well aware at this stage. Uh, internet connection trouble as I, we moved into a new apartment here in Melbourne, uh, all part of the uh, fun experience uh, of moving abroad. But thankfully now we have the internet hooked up and things should be going as uh, as normal from now on. But no uh, preview show to start the week, but we're back now with a recap show for week five. So I'll be running through all those matches and then uh, later in the week we'll be back to our regular schedule with a, a week six preview. So looking forward to that one already. But it was a very fascinating weekend, week five, a lot of stuff going on all the way through to Monday Night Football, with a, a very, very uh, nail-biting end, I guess we'll call it, it coming down to the, the very final play with Le'Veon Bell just about getting into the end zone. We'll be talking about that a little more in just a little moment. As always, thanks for downloading the show. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much last week. Well, hopefully you did miss uh, miss listening to the show, but um, hopefully you were able to get, get through it okay and uh, you're back again today. You can always find us on Twitter. It's at Overtime Ireland and, uh, of course, the podcast available on uh, all the ways to download, such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, OvertimeIreland.com as well as uh, quite easily accessible to uh, stream the show. So whichever way you're listening to, thank you for doing so, of course. Leave us a written or a comment on there. Always helps uh, push us up those iTunes rankings. Um, keep doing so as we uh, greatly appreciate that. This show brought to you by OTI Fantasy Fives. We've been running the Fantasy Fives since the start of the season with fanfeed.co.uk and of course uh, you know five weeks in you think uh, we'd have a variety of winners but uh, our man Cahill McCabe uh, recently married Cahill McCabe on a real roll here we've mentioned him on the last couple of shows three weeks in a row he's come away with the top prize and I guess uh, well I'm going to lay down a challenge to try and beat him this week I think I come fourth overall uh, in, the, in this week in week five but we're going to have to have somebody to come along here and try and take Cahill's crown three weeks in a row it's a kind of a dynasty he's building there in weekly fantasy football so uh, anyone that thinks they can challenge him will be having more details uh, on the preview show of course but you can find more details on that at overtimeireland.com forward slash OTI Fantasy Fives join up you can play for free you can play for £3 as well highest paid entrant takes the pot and uh, a lot of fun these weeks but be a lot more fun if we can uh, get some of this cash away from Cahill and uh, pick up a win on the board. So fancy uh, trying to beat us at Overtime Ireland or trying to beat Cahill McCabe. Do get involved this week in OTI Fantasy Fives. And I guess with the plugs out of the way for OTI Fantasy Fives for the podcast, for the Twitter, let's get straight into the Week 5 recap. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So we didn't have a preview show, so we didn't mention the Thursday night football game. I'm not going to stay too long on it. Obviously, the Indianapolis Colts getting a big win on the road against the Houston Texans. It was kind of a game if the Houston Texans weren't going to beat the Colts without Andrew Luck. Uh, I don't know when they were going to beat them. We know the quarterback situation with the Houston Texans. The merry-go-round continues. Ryan Malik got injured at the start of the game, took himself out rather than having to be forced out of action. Then a few plays later, tries to get back in. Uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't let him get back on the field Brian Hoyer leads the team on a touchdown drive and uh, Mallet sits on the sideline for the rest of the game so more controversy at the quarterback situation uh, in Houston but did not help the team get the win uh, Matt Hasselbeck getting the Colts over the line a nice game from Frank Gore almost 100 yards from him the positive for the uh, Houston Texans is DeAndre Hopkins continues to be very very impressive at the wide receiver position but outside of that there's not a lot impressing for, for the team and just uh, overall they are uh, really really struggling this season and 
it's just uh, not going to be a pretty season for the Houston Texans. Of course, get a big win without Andrew Luck helps them continue on their season, and they'll be hoping that Andrew Luck can be back in week six for them. But uh, Hasselbeck, nice to see him getting his moment in the sun, obviously. Uh, one of the older statesmen in the NFL and uh, I have to say it was uh, a good showing from him and a good one for the Colts. After week four of the NFL season we had the most 4-0 teams ever in the uh, the history of the NFL and now after week five it looks like we're going to have the most 5-0 teams in the history of the NFL. The first of those teams to go to 5-0 was the Cincinnati Bengals. They won at home 27-24 to against the Seattle Seahawks. A very, very interesting game to watch here. Seen a lot of this game. Overall Andy Dalton has uh, stepped up all season long but in the big spot three sometimes think that Andy Dalton's going to make a mess of it, uh, spoil things for the team. He stepped up again here for the Bengals. The team losing by 17 points in the the fourth quarter made a, a great comeback and um, overall you have to say you've been impressed with Andy Dalton even to get them into field goal position at the end of the game took a big hit after that had the presence of awareness to get straight off the field as quickly as he could and then again uh, in overtime to get them down into field goal position and luckily enough for the for the Bengals the Nugent's kick coming off the left upright but did squeeze over and a big big win for the Bengals they go to 5-0 and oh defensively starting to look very very solid AJ Green is looking excellent and of course Tyler Eifert missed the majority of last season through injury and he's had a a phenomenal phenomenal stretch of games here to start the season very very impressed with how he's been doing he had two touchdowns in this one first one kind of a blow on coverage uh, not much uh, the defense were trying to do on him but just uh, the big target there for Andy Dalton and uh, an impressive showing again from him Giovanni Bernard you know at the start of the season Jeremy Hill was being talked about as being the elite back off the group but Giovanni Bernard has uh, really I think it's like 1A and 1B at the moment maybe even Bernard maybe bypassing him but uh, good performances from him to start the season and again as I mentioned Andy Dalton uh, you have to be impressed with how he's playing and definitely the best stretch of his career at the moment so they are at top of the division and they are very very much uh, in playoff contention as we move forward after five weeks five wins doesn't get much better for the Cincinnati Bengals the other side of this game, obviously the Seattle Seahawks without Marshawn Lynch, but defensively, just they don't. I know away from home, uh, we often talk about how they're not as strong away from home, but they've lost a bit of that aura. Uh, teams not really as afraid to play them and starting the season. They've had a, a tough run of fixtures as well, I guess we'll say, but just haven't looked as good as they have in previous seasons. Last year started slow, then ended up getting to the Super Bowl and almost winning it. So we'll see how they pick up in the coming weeks. But again, we'll be talking just a few moments about the Cardinals. Cardinals win again, and that there gives them a little bit of leeway in this division and uh, it's kind of between them and the Seahawks at this point but uh, I think the Cardinals um, definitely the real deal this year and if they can keep Palmer on the field the the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a a bit of competition there for the division Uh, hoping to get Marshawn Lynch back next week but the running back situation wasn't the problem in this game Thomas Rawls having a monster game in this one he had a long touchdown run finished with 169 yards on the day and I thought he was very very impressive uh, ran actually more than Marshawn Lynch has ever run in a single game with them 169 yards but overall just things aren't clicking for them offensively uh, the running situation improved in this game but Russell Wilson just uh, the targets to say Jimmy Graham and that we've all been well focused on how much targets Jimmy Graham's getting a game but just you know getting a key piece of the offense like that in the offseason just uh, hasn't been clicking for them so far so we'll see the offensive line has had its issues too but uh, the Seahawks definitely need to start picking up a couple of wins here and start moving in the right direction 
another team 5-0 and and they're definitely moving or sorry 4-0 and and they're definitely moving in the right direction the New England Patriots uh, I was about to say 5-0 and but of course they had their bye week last week they're 4-0 uh, a big win on the road against the Dallas Cowboys Branton Whedon is really struggling at the moment to move this offense up and down the field running game not all that uh, existent for them but the Cowboys set this game up nicely and um, the game did spread away a little bit towards the end as the Cowboys uh, kind of had to go into full pass mode and it just wasn't working for them but New England Patriots Tom Brady uh, Edelman with another nice game Gronk relatively quiet on the day Dion Lewis looks to be a real real key piece for them now he signed a new contract last week and you know a lot of people saying that it's uh, not a lot of guaranteed money and it, not a lot of dollars in the in the long term but a player like Dion Lewis who last year possibly thought that his chance in the NFL was gone that he wasn't going to get another opportunity gets 500,000 guaranteed in the contract I think he's going to take that every day of the week to try and give himself some financial security but another touchdown for him in this and he's uh, looked phenomenal since coming into the team another 93 yards from scrimmage on 14 touches so he's um He's looking very good and very, very elusive. Him and Edelman, very elusive with the, their footwork, Edelman. Just can't think off the top of my head now who it was, but he kind of put a clown suit on one of the, the Cowboys' defensive backs off the line of scrimmage with a kind of double move. So uh, an interesting game here to watch, but more so for how good the New England Patriots are looking so far this season. Tom Brady looking good, and he added a rushing touchdown to quarterback, sneaking this one too. The, the Patriots' offensive line did leak a lot in this, and early on uh, there was a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. It kind of eased up as the game went along, some shorter passes trying to get the run game in, and then obviously when the score got a little bit higher, took the pressure off. But uh, Greg Hardy, his first game for the Cowboys in this one, he was putting a lot of pressure on Brady. Crawford uh, was putting a lot of pressure on Brady too from the other side. So it was it was a tough uh, a tough outing to start with, but it, it ended up with a victory for the, the Patriots. They are 4-0, looking very, very strong so far. Tom Brady now four games through. Remember, we thought he was going to be suspended for four games. He's played those four games. They're 4-0, and uh, at the moment, they are absolutely dominating the competition. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, without their key pieces in uh, Des Bryant and uh, Tony Romo, but with Romo being out, uh, hopefully back in the next couple of weeks, word as well that possibly Des Bryant could be back uh, maybe week seven, week eight. I still think that's very, very optimistic from that point of view, but you know, you were kind of hoping that they would go just below 500 through these games when them guys were missing but so far lost to all of them and the first few were close losses but this one here just did not look good and um, the Cowboys really struggling at the moment without them but take the number one wide receiver and you're starting elite quarterback out of any team and you're going to really really uh, struggle from that point of view but you know we talked about the offensive line and how good they were going to be you know DeMarco Murray was gone put anyone behind that line it was going to be easy and we know DeMarco Murray's having a struggles in Philadelphia, but the uh, offensive line obviously still having a few issues now in, in Dallas, and I guess it all comes down with stack boxes, and they're not fearing the quarterback. I suppose that there's going to put a lot more pressure on them as well. So we'll see if they can uh, open things up in the next few weeks, but they badly need to get a one or two here before Romo and Dez come back to see if they can uh, put a little bit of pressure on the other teams in this division. I guess we'll continue with our streak of undefeated teams. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Washington Redskins. This one a win in overtime for them, 25-19. to A win at home for the Falcons. And this one was very, very uncomfortable uh, for Falcons fans, I'm sure, watching Matt Ryan not having a particularly good game here. Uh, getting a lot of pressure on him. A few, few turnovers, a few fumbles. A lot of issues just offensively for the team. Didn't look all that impressive. Julio Jones very quiet. Looked like he was struggling with injury through this one. And even uh, he got a touchdown in this one. But it was a fumble by Devontae Adams. And just luckily enough, he was the one to fall on it in the end zone. Julio Jones picking up his touchdown that way. But overall, just wasn't the, the best game to watch 
from an Atlanta Falcons point of view and uh, you know I've Julio Jones in a number of fantasy leagues Matt Ryan as well and wasn't all that good of an outing for them but I thought uh, just watching you know they had a big win last week a blowout win against the Texans maybe just a little bit too confident going into this one maybe overlooking the Redskins a bit the Redskins with a win last week against the Eagles and you know at times in this game they did look like they were going to be able to snatch the win and the Falcons as well had their issues with uh, you know Bryant on a few a few field goal attempts missing in the first half and made the game a little bit closer so it was um, <laughs> in the end a lucky win for the Atlanta Falcons a pick six throwing by Kurt Cousins uh, in overtime to seal the deal and uh, you know Kurt Cousins at times you're always waiting for that horrible horrible moment when he throws that interception this one going for a pick six and uh, sealing the deal there so Atlanta Falcons wasn't pretty but they get the win and they go to 5-0 and and I think it's 91% of 5-0 and teams go on to make the playoffs so Washington Redskins fans uh, can be feeling very very good about their team at the moment although this one wasn't the nicest to watch we'll see we'll monitor Julio Jones's uh, you know, injury status from this game just didn't look like he was moving all that comfortably and there has been some rumblings that Roddy White is possibly looking for a trade so we'll see about all that in the in the coming week but 5-0 and for the Falcons the Baltimore Ravens won last week in overtime against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game they were kind of lucky to get it was more down to the uh, poorness of the kicking quality from the, the Steelers we all know now that Josh Scobie no longer with the team they won that game but this game here came down to the kicking again it was came down to a kick in overtime for the Cleveland Browns to win this one um, some clutch plays uh, in this from Josh McCowan something I didn't think I would hear myself saying but uh, he threw for 300 yards in the third straight game which is a, a franchise record uh, never been done before by uh, Brown's quarterback so the cries for Johnny Manziel kind of quietened down a little bit in this game he also finished the game with 457 yards, which is a team record. So um, quite an impressive day here by McCowan. And Gary Barnage, uh, a player that, you know, two months ago not many people would have ever heard of. We had heard some rumblings of him in the fantasy football community, but in, in real life not too much of an impact had been made by Gary Barnage. But he finished this game with eight catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. And anyone that hasn't seen his touchdown catch really needs to, to go and search that one out on Twitter or Vine, wherever you want to find it. But um goes to catch the ball kind of falls down between his legs catches it kind of with his feet and then scoops it up into his hands without it hitting the ground very very impressive rolls into the end zone one of the stranger touchdowns you're going to see but a, an impressive catch all the same he's had a couple of big weeks and he's really been the go-to guy for uh, Josh McCown over the past few weeks so he's building up a bit of trust with him so Gary Barnage one to watch in the next couple of weeks I, I thought that he was um you know, had a, a flash in the pan. Maybe still be a flash in the pan, but he's kept it going through uh, five weeks, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But a big one here for the Cleveland Browns, away to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens really in dire straits at the moment, just not looking good uh, on offense or defense at the minute. Putting up 30 points, but, you know, you wouldn't expect them usually to be giving up 33 at home. And I just I think the season's done for them. Steve Smith couldn't play in this one, sitting on the sideline, obviously, with the, the back injury he suffered. And, um, just uh, I've given up all hope for for the season for the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I had picked uh, to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So uh, nobody needs to tweet me to tell me how wrong I was on that one. I don't think the Cleveland Browns are anywhere near uh, heading to the Super Bowl, but they are definitely uh, at the moment a better team than the Baltimore Ravens. A big, big win here for them, and um, you know another just positive for the Cleveland Browns. Duke Johnson looking uh, very dynamic, and uh, he's formed a nice partnership in the backfield with Isaiah Crowell. So. We'll see, we'll see how it goes forward. Neither of these teams really, in my opinion, uh, going to make the playoffs, but we'll see maybe one of them can go on a run. The, the, the Baltimore Ravens definitely all the way out of it, in my opinion, at 1-4. and four. 
My team up next, the, the Green Bay Packers getting the win at home, 24-10 against the St. Louis Rams. Not one of the best Packers performances you're ever going to see from a, an offensive point of view. We've seen them having a few struggles last week against the 49ers as well offensively, but you know, you're not always going to go out there and light things up. Uh, usually at home the Packers do, but it's all about, like the Atlanta Falcons earlier, getting the win. And You've heard me talking on this show many, many times about Aaron Rodgers' record at Lambeau Field without throwing an interception, having no turnovers, uh, doing so well. But in this game, that they're all ended. So let's start the clock again. Hopefully he goes as far the next time without throwing an interception. But two interceptions in this. Uh, one of them, quite unfortunate, tipped at the line, but they all count as an interception at the end of the day. He also had a, a fumble lost. So uh, three turnovers for Rodgers, usually not the kind of day that he has, but the team got the win. Uh, some big plays defensively, and a, a pick six from Quentin Rollins in this one as well for the Packers. The rookie coming along very, very nicely at the cornerback position. And uh, overall, you know, it was more defensive dominance that uh, helped them get the win. Nick Foles had no time all day to throw the ball, and he was under a lot of pressure throughout the game. Packers defense looking very very good so far and Clay Matthews looking very very dominant he has also said that he thinks it's the best defensive group that he's been involved with the Packers when you add in players like veteran uh, and Julius Peppers and a lot of the other guys that are in there I think you're going to always have an impressive lineup so they've been uh, hassling all the quarterbacks and uh, long may that continue for the Packers it's usually the offense gets the job done this week defensively they get over the line and I suppose for the St. Louis Rams we're looking at positives here defensively they put a lot a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers in this one and there's going to be a lot per quarterbacks that are going to get hassled by by the, their defensive line all year so if they can do that against some uh, lesser teams they should pick up a good few more wins this season Todd Gurley looks like the real deal at the running back position looks like a franchise running back and uh, has some great burst off the ball he was very impressive to watch in this one going to keep a close eye on him for the rest of the season but really really enjoyed watching him uh, in week five and you know coming off that injury looks to uh, be back to almost 100% and if he isn't near 100% let's see how good he looks in uh, three or four weeks when he is at that mark and uh, just thankfully a win for the Packers this week again go Pack go Talking about running backs at 100%, unfortunately the next one isn't going to have good news and that is the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Chicago Bears. A big, big loss for the Chiefs and a big, big loss as well from the injury point of view of Jamal Charles. A non-contact knee injury early in the second half and he was quickly ruled out at that point. Didn't look good from the replays and turns out to be a torn ACL. So it's a real, real blow for the team. The season had not been going well for them very very conservative play calling but he was a major part of the game both running the ball and in the screen game as well getting some short passes the Chiefs and Andy Reid's play calling I haven't been impressed with the true uh, the first five weeks of the season I thought they've been very very disappointing some very slow drives very methodical but getting bogged down then uh, you know and around the 30 yard line settling for field goals the majority of the time and now without Jamal Charles you kind of fear for what the rest of the season is going to look like they have uh, Niall Davis and they have Shirkandrick West as well and you know, just we'll see how those two guys go in and trying to, you know, fill in for Jamal Charles. But it's it's nowhere near the the talent that Jamal Charles is, and uh, I'm just unfortunate that he is going to miss the rest of the season with that injury. On the other side, Chicago Bears, Jay Cutler. <laughs> not mobile in this one obviously with the, the hamstring injury still bothering him a little bit no Sean Jeffrey they had a lot of pieces missing kind of just him Forte and Bennett and thinking and dunking it down the field and they got the win late on with a, a pass to Matt Forte so an impressive win here for the Bears who uh, we had them completely written off and now they've won back-to-back games so it's interesting how quickly things turn around in the NFL but two wins for them again two teams in this that I don't expect much from going forward in the season but 
you know, anyone can go on a little bit of a run with the Chiefs now without Jamal Charles. You would have to fear for their season. And just the Chicago Bears have had a difficult time so far, but two wins in a row and uh, should have Alshon Jeffrey back now next week. So it gives them a little bit more of an explosive playmaker on the outside. See how things go for them going forward. And uh, there's a lot of teams when you look around the, the NFL at the moment. You know, I'm seeing a lot of teams here that have kind of no chance going forward for the rest of the season. And then there's a lot of teams 5-0. and Well, when you're obviously going to have a lot of 5-0 and teams, you're going to have a lot of teams that are struggling as well. But uh, there's a lot of teams around the league that I just, at the moment, unless things really, really pick up dramatically, that you can't really see them doing all that much this season. And then, of course, the 5-0 and teams so far ahead of the division. A lot of these teams already are in the fight for the wildcard places. So it's just... Uh, kind of mismatch down at the bottom at the moment in the NFL and two teams that are kind of in that mould but could possibly see one of them and that is the victorious one of them scraping their way ahead again and that's the Philadelphia Eagles win and at home against the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees back for the Saints and just uh, they didn't really move the ball all that particularly uh, well in this game. Sean Payton there has been rumours coming out about will he be uh, moving on after this season I think the answer to that's going to be yes we'll see what team wants him obviously the Dolphins have already changed head coach they have uh, their tight ends coach in at the moment in their interim position he'll be there for the rest of the season we'll see next season then do they approach Sean Payton what happens with the Saints after this season but it's been a it's been a disappointing season there's no doubt about that and if you look at their record over the last 20 games from what we would expect prior to the, the bounty get scandal and prior to him having that one year suspension we would be expecting so much more from the New Orleans since their home advantage has completely disappeared uh, just very very disappointing Drew Brees obviously getting up there in years as well we'll see it's kind of nearly time to uh, maybe as they say just uh, re- restart the whole system in New Orleans and see where they go maybe a new head coach and we'll see Drew Brees maybe a year or two left in the tank and uh, it's just hard to know for the Saints what to do but uh, defensively they kind of are a shambles as well there was one of the touchdowns in this I can't can't quite remember which touchdown it was but two defensive backs basically tackled each other and left the uh, Eagles man free to catch the ball so you can't be doing that <laughs> in the National Football League without getting punished and uh, the Eagles haven't been punishing too many teams this season but in this one in week 5 they did start to click it into gear a little bit and uh, 39 points on the board for them their best output over the season so far and gives them a little bit of you know a kickstart Chip Kelly had been under a lot of pressure for a couple of weeks they get the win against the uh, New York Jets they get a win here and they can start to move forward a little bit and uh, it's going to be interesting in this division because the Giants will be coming up in a little moment we'll be talking about them and you know the Redskins giving the uh, Atlanta Falcons a fright and then of course the Dallas Cowboys started the season so well but now without Romo and Dez it's going to keep it all tight together so we'll see how it goes it's probably the most interesting division and uh, it's just about who gets hot now going forward to see who can finish the top of it but uh, Philadelphia Eagles giving themselves a little bit of hope now uh, going forward if they can go in maybe a two or three game one in streak here well they already have two games but moving forward trying to pick up a few more W's on the board Yes, another thing just to add in this uh, game we're talking about the Eagles Sam Bradford threw uh, two red zone interceptions in the first half of this game but Overall, you know, the team gets the big win, so it uh, slides under the radar. But I don't think, if, if things continue the way they are, I don't think we're too far away from seeing Mark Sanchez get a, another opportunity for the Eagles. Um, Sam Bradford just so far this season hasn't uh, been all that impressive. And if they were going up against a better team than the Saints, those two interceptions in the red zone would have been very, very uh, you know, costly, really, really costly. And, and, and for, or fortunately for them in this game, they got away with it. But Sam Bradford hasn't started the season well. And Mark Sanchez just seems uh, maybe a better fit for this offense as they as they move forward. But again, we'll see in the coming weeks. It's uh, kind of the theme so far. We'll see 
as we move forward, uh, will Chip Kelly make that call? Time will tell. Again, we had a quarterback change in, and uh, looks to be, you know, coach coming out after it and saying that it's not going to be long term that we're going to have Matthew Stafford back in for the Detroit Lions next week. And uh, you know, it's just that he wasn't playing well, took him out. Let let's see how it goes now next week again for him. But <laughs> Sam Bradford hasn't been good for quite some time for the Detroit Lions, and you know, I give Jay Cutler a lot of bashing on the show and talk about how there's always an interception there. I said it already on this show about uh, Kirk Cousins. But I don't really see the difference between any of those two and uh, what Matthew Stafford has done. Stafford, a number one overall pick a couple of years back, but the the mistakes he makes uh, on occasions are mind-numbing. I don't know what he was, he was thinking on some of the plays. and uh, just you know, You've always had the link between him and Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, I think, made him look a lot better quarterback than he is, but now Johnson's powers maybe win a little bit. And uh, the just the team looks lost. Golden Tate's not really getting involved all that much either. And this game was over really before it ever began. Very very early on, uh, turnovers and just uh, high scoring from the Cardinals uh, start off the game. They they go and blow out the Detroit Lions at home, forty two to seventeen. The majority of those points coming off the turnovers, but again, it's all about punishing the mistakes, and uh, the Cardinals have been doing that. Um, Carson Palmer playing with great efficiency so far this season, and a, a very, very uh, exquisite game played by him here. I thought overall everything offensively looked very, very smooth, and you know, you know things are going smooth offensively when uh, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, is back uh, running the ball with great effectiveness. I thought he was impressive in this game as well. He's been impressive the last couple of games, and then Andre Ellington comes in and takes one to the house from, I think it might have been a 64-yard touchdown he scored on so they have uh, kind of everybody's going in a fantastic start to the season and Larry Fitzgerald started well uh, Andre Ellington as I mentioned there came back in from his injury had a nice touchdown John Brown scored a touchdown in this one hadn't been doing it too much so far this season David Johnson the first rookie since Gail Sayers they have two rushing scores two receiving scores and a kickoff touchdown in this first five games so everything going well for them defensively playing very well as well so uh, another walk in the park here for the Cardinals. They're making it look very, very easy. And you know, I mentioned earlier with the Seahawks. The Seahawks need to turn things around very swiftly. And of course, they're going to be playing each other coming up very soon. So there are going to be two pivotal games this season to see who wins that division. But at the moment, you know, in a, in a best two series, I have to say, I think the Cardinals would at least split it with them. If not, uh, go two and zero. Obviously, it's going to be hard to win in Century Link Field. But I think they would uh, win at home in Arizona against the, the Seahawks if. Uh, you know, the game was played right now. Buffalo Bills went on the road and they were facing off against the Tennessee Titans. No Sammy Watkins for the Buffalo Bills in this one. No LaShawn McCoy for the Buffalo Bills and no Carlos Williams either. So very depleted at the running back position. But in the end, they got over the line and just got over the line with a 14-13 win on the road, as I mentioned, against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, very unimpressive in this one. The Bills struggling offensively for big portions of the game. Best uh, offensive weapon for the Bills, of course, was Tyrod Taylor again usually on the ground in this game rather than through the air but in the end they he he did enough to help get them the win of kind of defensive battle here and not even that both defenses were all that good uh, kind of that both offenses were pretty pretty dreadful and discipline wise uh, like the Bills against the Giants lots of flags in this one and just Overall, uh, if you missed this game, uh, I wouldn't really bother going back and watching it on Game Rewind. I'd probably give it a skip this week. Likely to be the uh, worst game of the week, I would have to say, and uh, not much more to say about it other than that, but a a nice win for the Bills as they continue to to start the season with a win, then a loss, then a win, then a loss. So (laughs) see how they go next week, predicting a loss. The Denver Broncos 
walked into Oakland it looked like for quite some time like the Raiders were going to stay with them and get the win in this one but uh, the Broncos then just getting over the line 16 to 10 win for the Denver Broncos Peyton Manning again not looking very impressive he had some nice throws at times in the game but just he looks afraid to get hit he's kind of ducking out of passes throwing it away very often uh, not looking very mobile at all I know he's not mobile at the best of times but in behind the the line even on the you know five or six step drops just not looking all that comfortable and running the running game kind of non-existent at the moment the only thing really saving the Broncos and I've mentioned it on every show I think of the recap shows this season is the defensive line and how good they've been it was the defense again they got the big touchdown in this one pick six leading to the score and just overall it's uh, been been the defensive effort of the uh, Denver Broncos Aqib Tlaib's playing very well uh, Von Miller's playing excellent he had a, a sack a strip fumble and he picked up the fumble himself in this one so he's playing phenomenal at the moment and uh, the only kind of bad news coming out of this for the Broncos uh, DeMarcus Ware sidelined with a back injury in this one looks like he's going to have to uh, sit out two weeks at least with with that injury but still the big talking point is Peyton Manning and uh, I know uh, offensively it's just not looking good at the moment and it's going to be interesting to see what the decision by Kubiak. Kubiak says there's no chance of him taking Manning out of the lineup, and I don't think at any stage they're going to take him out, but just doesn't look good at the moment uh, for the Denver Broncos offensively. And once the defense is a bad game or two, we'll see how things react. But still, as I mentioned, it doesn't matter how you get the win as long as you get the win, and they are also 5-0, and so plenty of time for them to figure it out with that cushion, and uh, we'll see going forward again. But... Uh, just I think that uh, we're going to have to see a massive massive improvement on offense for this team to go deep into the playoffs but defensively we've seen the strong defenses in previous years with not much on offense getting teams to uh, the Super Bowl and uh, maybe the Broncos have that their uh, kind of balance right going forward for the Raiders in this one uh, Charles Woodson I got a question in as well there's a lot of veterans playing this week there's a lot of talk about Peyton Manning uh, Matt Hasselbeck obviously getting the win on Thursday Night Football and Charles Woodson they all come in in the, the same draft and uh, they're the only players left from that draft but there was a question uh, who is your favourite veteran player to watch and a lot of people will probably answer Peyton Manning although it's not going well as I mentioned for him at the moment uh, I don't think too many people will probably mention Matt Hasselbeck but there is kind of younger players getting closer to the end of their career Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, so on but I have to say, when you're uh, watching games, uh, former Green Bay Packer, former Oakland Raider, then has come back to the Oakland Raiders, Charles Woodson, eight-time Pro Bowler. It's hard to say that there's many veteran players that are better to watch than him. He had two picks in this. He had never picked off Peyton Manning uh, before, but he's now tied sixth place after picking him off twice in this game with 64 interceptions all time and uh, that's tied with Ed Reed so we'll see how he goes going forward the second one an amazing catch uh, kind of caught it and took his own man out of it on the sideline but a, a very impressive catch from Woodson but they didn't uh, get the win in this one but uh, a nice performance from him on to Sunday Night Football now, the New York Giants got a big win at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Eli Manning having a very, very good performance, but it was a bit, at times, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, some, some, bad, uh, <laughs> some bad passes, some good passes, uh, mostly good, I have to say. Sometimes it's, it's mostly down to poor receiving play, but there was one play when he went for Odell Beckham uh, in the first half. They were up four points. They were trying to get in to, to get a score. They were in field goal range. He throws uh, for Odell Beckham and uh, just an easy and easy interception for the defence uh, but when you look at the team overall um, I think he's, he's playing very very well so far this season and the team gets the win at home a team that could have more wins remember that Dallas Cowboys game where they really blew it with clock management the same with the game against the Atlanta Falcons and um, 
you know, they, they get the win here. The, the San Francisco 49ers not looking all that good. But there's parts of this game when uh, Colin Kaepernick did actually look good. Uh, Hyde looked good as well running the ball. But just uh, overall not very impressed with the 49ers. But they did come very close until Eli had a, a drive down the field. Uh, very, very close then with a throw to Larry Donnell for the touchdown. And uh, a big touchdown catch always by Donnell. And uh, gets gets the victory for the for the Giants. Not quite sure how I done the order of these games, but I went to Sunday Night Football. I have to bounce back to the Sunday games again because uh, I missed out on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A very high scoring game here, thirty eight to thirty one. Um, a lot of people probably not expecting this game to be as exciting as it was. A very nice game by Blake Bartles, although he, they did pick up a loss. He picked up a bit of an injury in this one, but it looks like he's going to be fine to play this coming week. He had 303 passing yards. They're, they're getting some nice pieces on offense. They have uh, Alan Robinson playing very well, Alan Horns playing well. First game back for Julius Thomas. We'll see how he goes now with his new surroundings. TJ Eldon as well. So some nice young pieces there, and we'll see going forward again. I keep saying they need to turn these into wins because Gus Bradley has had a few years to try and develop this uh, system and uh, now is the time to start producing but the Buccaneers at home and it's Lovey Smith's first win for the team uh, he obviously took over his head coach at the start of last season and uh, first win uh, they were 0-10 at home and uh, the first win so now 1-10 the comeback is on on that there situation Jameis Winston didn't have much to do other than not make mistakes and um, a win in the end it was uh, kind of the Doug Martin show he had three touchdowns in this one he had 123 yards rushing and 35 yards receiving so uh, very very impressive from we'll not call him the muscle hamster but very impressive from Doug Martin and uh, that leaves us with just one game left to do Monday Night Football with the San Diego Chargers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, I mentioned at the start a nail bite and finish a 24 to 20 win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Philip Rivers looked very good in this. The offensive line looked very very bad in this for the Chargers, causing Philip Rivers to throw under pressure the majority of the game. Uh, not really allowing open running lanes. A lot of the work from the running backs came off quick screen passes or dump offs, and uh, just overall not a good offensive line performance from the Chargers. But they have had so many injuries there it's been tough going for them Rivers looked good it looked like he had done enough to get the team into a winning position Antonio Gates with two touchdowns 92 yards in this and his first game back from suspension it looked then like uh, the Chargers were going to win at one point after a touchdown as well it looked like it was wrapped up in uh, one play later a play action pass uh, Michael Vick scrambles out of the pocket throws it deep down the field to Marcus Wheaton and he goes off straight for a touchdown so the game was very low score and then it uh, bounced into action with uh, a couple of touchdowns laid on but then they kind of opened up the playbook after that for uh, Michael Vick the play column was so conservative from both teams early on in this game mostly down to San Diego's offensive line and then of course the quarterback uh, situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers but I think they should open up a little bit give Michael Vick a little bit of room to manoeuvre but um, Le'Veon Bell a number of times in this game lining up at, uh, in the wildcat position taking the ball and you know either handing it off to D'Angelo Williams or running with it himself and that there's how the game ended as well <laughs> he took a wildcat snap and got over the line just barely got over the line five seconds left on the clock when he did take that snap and I think if he didn't get over the line the game would have been over and they would have lost most people in that position would have took a, a field goal rather they could have tied it with a field goal and took it over time I thought that's what they would do they went for the touchdown and luckily for the Pittsburgh Steelers they, they did get into the end zone because 
by, between Mike Tomlin's decisions last week against uh, the Ravens and you know some of the decision making in this game again was uh, not great I know they're not all Mike Tomlin's calls most of them on the offensive coordinator but he does have say over the game plan and uh, just fortunately for them they get over to the line because if they hadn't uh, I'm sure the Steelers fans would not have been impressed at all but a tough loss here for the Chargers they just, uh, you know, injuries have really played a part in their season so far, uh, both at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Gates was missing the first couple of games. The offensive line is badly depleted, and a couple of defensive players injured as well. So a tough, tough loss for them here, a big, big win for the Steelers. Maybe getting Big Ben back this week. I think it's more likely that they'll get him back in week seven. So we'll see uh, how they go going forward. Again, I mentioned with the Cowboys from the, the quarterbacks out, you just want to kind of try and keep things ticking over. And uh, with this one, the Steelers have kind of done that for their season so we'll uh, we'll see now going forward I'll be previewing the show obviously later previewing the games and the preview show later in the week but uh, hopefully we'll know more about kind of the injury situations and the updates going forward then but a couple of serious injuries this week obviously with Jamal Charles uh, picking up his injury very very disappointing to see him getting hurt but with that I guess uh, that'll bring us to the end of the show we're running through all the different games uh, Thankfully, we've got the internet set up here again. I'm just looking out the window of the apartment. Sun's starting to set here in Melbourne as we're a number of hours ahead. I'm sure some of the, the UK and Irish listeners listen to this one in the morning and uh, the sun's only rising. But uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Of course, follow at Overtime Ireland. Stay tuned for more show information on there. Give us a rating and a comment on iTunes, Stitcher Tune, and whatever you're listening to this on. And of course, keep spreading the word as you have been doing. And until I'm back later in the week, uh, my name's Colin Kelly and... Uh, course have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland check out overtimeireland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an overtime ireland production 